I mean, I was, I was inspired by Alec long before I met him. I was inspired by his house design. So there was a few very, very, uh, in, again, inspiring designs that I used, and his was one of them. If you'll notice, we both used the exact same kind of siding on the outside yeah. of our house, you know, him and I did. Two different um, iterations of the same design. So I was following him, communicating with him, and uh, online before I met him in person at the Tiny House Conference. And then we met again at the Tiny House Jamboree. And now you know we're BFS. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> and in this episode, we'll also talk about uh, who, who was it that does something on stage that listeners need to <laughs> Who was that person? Was it B.A.? Was it B.A.? Was it B.A.? No. Who, no, was uh, who you say? It was who, who dropped the bomb no, on no, the stage. Yeah, yeah. Who was it that oh. was... Lee Para. Lee, so listen oh, Lee. for the mention of Lee Para because you may get a giggle out of that. Yep. And then we talked a lot about sex and relationships with with Alec, and I didn't get his name wrong, which was pretty cool. That which was, was really unique. Yeah. That was really yeah. unique. We didn't completely butcher yeah, his yeah. name at the beginning. So. And then for the first time ever, at the end of our show, we got it to right mention about the, the next, next guest because we actually kind of do know who it is. We do. Assuming usually. they no show. We just don't check the schedule. We haven't checked the schedule in the last. Our show. research department is. Never sober. Yeah. <laughs> not only are they not sober, but they're a bunch of minions back there. Exactly. Those three dweebs. Just a bunch of meep, meep, meep sounds. I'm not mentioning any names, but it's Mark Perry on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I always talk about the podcast like, yes, I have my editing people, and I have my production people, and then I have my scheduling people, and it's all just us. Exactly. <laughs> the production team is, uh, they're on strike this week, actually. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Yeah, it's good, actually, really good. Yeah. Have fun. From the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Welcome to Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. This is Michelle. And this is at Mark Grimes. Seems like ages since we did this show. I know. And it was just like last week. I know. It's I was feeling a little foreign last week. <laughs> feeling a little foreign? Foreign. For like I was from Australia. Oh, that's oh, right. Yes. That's right. You did have a hockney. Hackney. What is it? Hockney. Hackney. hockney. hackney. <laughs> and much longer hair. <laughs> and was actually handsome yes. for a week. <laughs> Alec yeah. has no idea what No idea what Actually, he was kind of a hottie. <laughs> Oh! The room was way warmer than oh. normal. We had a guest host last week, Alec. And romance apparently showed up. Oh, yeah. Unbidden. Oh, yeah. I really should have, probably should have listened. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an interesting segue because we are going to be talking about relationships in a tiny house, given the fact of who our guest is, which is today Alec Lisevsky of... Some, some notoriety. Tiny House Project. Thanks, guys. You've done your homework. <laughs> Tiny House Project. Hey, you got your name almost right. I mean, let's count that as a thumbs up. Yeah, because usually I butcher that bitch. <laughs> butcher that bitch. <laughs> so, Alec, nice to have you on the yes. show today. Wonderful being here. Thanks, guys. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Perry's on a roll. Yeah. Just never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so none of us need to be here. We just go Perry go. <laughs> yeah, so just wind me up and let me lose. So Alec, what is your claim to fame? My claim to fame? Oh God. Um, I. You know what? I ask myself that all the time. People. People think I'm internet famous for the tiny house thing. I. 
I don't really get it. I just built a house. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool. I needed a place to live, and so I built a house. That's about it. Well, give us some more detail on that. How did it all start for you? How did it all start? Well, God, it started in so many ways. Um, I've always been sort of interested in in sustainable ways of living and permaculture, natural building, just alternative dwellings that are smaller and more human-sized. And so I, that was kind of floating around in the back of my mind. And then uh, one day it just dawned on me that living in, in L.A. and in Boulder, Colorado, I'd spent, you know, like $70,000 in rent in the last seven years, you know, in the prior seven years. And I'm like, that's, that's just crazy. I could own a home, yeah. you know, what I'm doing. So it was that desire for home ownership. But at the same time, I didn't know where I wanted to live. My uh, girlfriend at the time was ex-girlfriend um we're gonna get she, to that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> get there. So, anyway she was uh considering all these grad schools in the bay area but she didn't know where she wanted to live and i was of course hoping to follow her wherever she went uh and stay together so we i was kind of like ah how can i have a house so i don't know like i've never heard of houses that can be moved and then i'm like google and then i found tiny house on wheels i'm like oh that kind of solves all my problems Home ownership, mobility, so sort of efficient, sustainable way of living, just it kind of meet all my current needs. So that was it. I, I was totally hooked. Cool. Interesting. So, and then did you have experience building houses? I definitely did not have experience building houses um, or designing them for that matter. I, I, I grew up helping my dad around the house with power tools and stuff. So I could, I could use a saw and, you know, I was pretty comfortable like cutting a board and making something ugly with it, but certainly never <laughs> building a house, um, never done any kind of construction. Well, and it's interesting because there's, as we've learned through many episodes, through many episodes and, and guests, it's, it's not a simple task building a tiny house when you have to consider like air ventilation and mold and it is, in no way simple you start by thinking i mean it is you know in some ways you're like oh that's pretty like i'm a visual designer i do web design so i'm like i can just apply that to a house and yeah but when you get into the nitty-gritty of it it's like every day of the build every day of planning prior to even starting building i had a thousand things going through my head it was insane actually to think of what it sort of takes to hold a project like that together yeah and, and to get it done you know, in a pretty, on a pretty quick timeline. So yeah, it's nuts. I don't even know. I don't know how people do that. I don't know how I did it, but <laughs> like, when you're inspired, you, you just kind of have the energy to, to make it happen. Absolutely. And just interesting as, as a designer and, and tiny house, tiny houses as a, a whole are just so design driven kind of in their miniature nature and how they have to be so well designed. Can you yeah. draw a little bit more of a correlation between the web design thing and then how you went about the house, whether either side? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's really the same. All design, it, it's just visual problem solving. You have a set of restraints and you have a set of goals and you need to figure out how to get everything to work together. Hello? Are you still there? I mean, playing something either dimensions or three dimensions. It's just like uh, solving a puzzle sort of. Awesome. Um so yeah, it's it's very there's a lot of correlation, but at the same time, it's just a whole new set of challenges that I've never faced before. Interesting. And you said that you 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 seem to imply that there was a time constraint in having your house built. 
Yeah. Um, again, so the ex-girlfriend at the time we were the she was applying for grad schools and all the schools started uh, in January. Yeah, I guess beginning of the year, and, and so. Um, I knew I couldn't really start building until the weather sort of warmed up in the spring, and then I had this, like, you know, seven or eight month window to get it done and then to tow the house to wherever we were going to live. So there was definitely, there was definitely, a, it wasn't like I, I just had a place to park it and I could work on it slowly over, like, two or three years. So there was definitely a, 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 a time window that I had to adhere to. And as it got closer to that date, I had to get more and more help to finish it in time. So I was definitely kind of rushed. Well, that was going to be my next question is what type of help did you get to um, build it? Um, I started off doing every single thing myself, uh, knowing that I would probably get some help for like at least the electrical work. Um, in the end, I definitely, I, I, I did, I participated in every part of it, but I had some help. Um, a friend of mine helped with electrical and plumbing just to make sure that was done properly. Um, and then I had some help installing the roof, the metal roof, uh, just because I just felt it'd be safer to have someone do that so I didn't have to fall off the roof and kill myself. But and it's only 18 most, feet. Most of the help I got... <laughs> <laughs> most of the help I got was just on the interior finish work. I so when, when, this sort of, when the shell of the house was done... I was fortunate enough to sort of barter for this indoor warehouse space where I could get the the exterior of it finished so it was pretty much weather tight and then I towed it to I, I in in the meantime I had made this relationship someone who was gonna help me um, do some of the exterior siding, some of the finished work there happened to be this just amazing woodworker. This, he was an expert carpenter and fine furniture maker and just fantastic and so he ended up consulting with me a lot on just the interior finish work and as it got farther and farther along I, I just let him do more of it himself to get it done so he helped a lot with the shelving and just the trim and everything inside and wow. it, just beautiful he, he, he practices these amazing ancient like Japanese hand planing techniques and ways to finish the wood so it's just really quite magical well, thank you for sending the pictures that you sent us of your tiny house, but I don't remember you sending any interior shots, so you got to send us some of those so we can see what you're talking about. Uh, of course. I just figured, hey, they're on the internet. Everybody's seen yeah. it. Go to my website. <laughs> 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 um, there are a lot of photos. I didn't send you all of them, of course, but yeah, the interior, I mean, I, I'm, obviously I love it. I think the, the combination of white walls with this beetle kill pine and just tons of windows, it, it's, it's so beautiful and comfortable in here, and it's a space that I really love to be in. Nice. So to what extent, um, I uh, to what extent did you feel like you had to compromise or coordinate um, the the design aspects with your ex girlfriend at the time? Was this strictly your project and you was kind of doing it and she good got question. to stay there? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Great. yeah. So <laughs> good question. The short answer to that is basically I just did whatever I wanted. Found <laughs> <laughs> out the hard way later on that maybe I should have consulted with her more. Thus the ex girlfriend. <laughs> funny I when I started this project I mean I sort of told people that I was doing it but they didn't really understand how serious I was and so I just went ahead and I was designing floor plans and all this discussion I just did all that myself and I, I designed the house so that it would work well for two people but I it was totally just my kind of obsession and my project and so I just ran with it and I don't think anyone else was including my ex-girlfriend was that 
nearly as interested or passionate about it and just didn't have as much input as I would have. So I, I basically just sort of took over and went for it. What do you think about that? So the, the it seems to me that, um, like, I'm contemplating living in a tiny house in the very near future. And when I think about that, I don't think you about... Are? Yeah. And I don't okay, think then. about um, living... I don't think about living in that tiny house with my wife. And so, you know, coming up with a, a kind of a nouveau style of relationship and living together is part of this conversation for us. And so I imagine when someone, I, I, I think when someone starts building a tiny house, including maybe you, Michelle, you're not thinking, you're not, you're not building that tiny house with someone else's tastes in mind. You're building it with your own tastes in mind. And so it does actually become more of an expression of the single individual than than a, than a couple. Well, that's not always true. I mean, there are a lot of couples who build tiny houses and do it probably more collaboratively. Uh-huh. And, 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 and to be fair, my house, you know, as it got closer to being done, um, my ex, Anjali, she, she started to participate more. I mean, a lot of the interior stuff, I mean, she, did, she sewed some cool, like, curtains that we have on the house and, like, helps with to make it a little bit more, like, inject a little bit of her own, you know, taste and personality into it so it's not like it was entirely my thing but yeah usually one one person in the partnership is the one who's like really excited about the tiny house thing and the other person sort of has to be convinced to come on board right so i would imagine that there's always it's always a little bit lopsided but i know tons and tons of couples who build tiny houses together and i think their intention obviously the whole time is to live within it live in it together and have it be a space for both of them so i mean that's that was that was my intention too it just turns out that I was far more interested in in the sort of design aspect of it, so I ended up doing more of the work, and that worked out well. It was fine. Yeah, my my situation is a little bit more of a hybrid. I mean, my my current boyfriend is was very 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 involved in the building. I mean, I paid him to do the framing, um, and so he was really involved in the build. What kind of partner is that? He wouldn't even do it for you for free. I know. Contractor. <laughs> <laughs> But from the pers- but from the other hand, however, when it came to design decisions, functionality decisions, and the aesthetic, it was all me. Um, and again, maybe that's why I paid him because he didn't get to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. You're like, you are not yeah, I don't a want you to say a word. I just want you to do everything that I tell exactly. you. Exactly. And I actually had to pay him for that luxury. <laughs> just do it yeah. the way I want you to do it. So. Well, I think it varies a lot depending on who your partner is too, because I mean, obviously, yeah, different people have different levels of interest, and also it's just different living. Like, period, you're saying, ah, well, maybe live in a tiny house, but not with my wife. Well, that might be good. I've had, I think tiny houses are amazing for single people. And now with my current experience with my partner, Lee, I think they're they're beautiful living together as a couple. It totally depends on who you're with and how well they they kind of can mesh with this small space. For and sure. It works, but it could go both ways. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, like, we both want tiny houses, but we want our own, and we'll park them right next to each other. and that may be some people's solution. It's it's pretty flexible. Yeah. You could you can live in a small house together, a big house together, or two tiny houses, one in a main house and one in a tiny house in the backyard. I mean, there's so many different ways you could do that just depending on what your relationship is like. Exactly. Yeah, I have absolutely no delusions. I think the closest thing we'll get to ever living together maybe is parking my tiny house in the backyard of his big house. We just have an entirely different view of stuff. We have an entirely different view of time alone. We have an entirely different view of quality of life. So 
Uh, we have a great Sounds relationship. Sounds like you guys are a perfect match. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, We're yin and yang, actually. I picture the end of, of every Michelle's night, like the beginning of the Flintstones, where the door goes open, <laughs> and she sets, she sets Dino outside, and she shuts the door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but enough about me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because the, the relationship I have with my wife is very similar to what Michelle is describing, and it's a nice segue to this whole... Um, Kind of, uh, are, it seems, at least it sounds to me, that you have become a authority on relationships in tiny houses. <laughs> He's the savant. Authority? Well, I've had a couple relationships in a tiny in, in this tiny house before, so I guess I have some experience. I wouldn't say I'm an authority. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's funny because, you, you know, Michelle, before we began the recording, was talking about how you um, were slated to talk or scheduled to talk at an event about relationships in a yeah. tiny house, and by the time you got there, you actually had broken up. That's true. That's true. But the uh, the advice was was still just as wise. <laughs> well, I, I the, the funny thing about it is um, that brings up this whole point of kind of people who or like it's hard for to convey that at the event, but you know people would assume, oh well, you know they're they're not together anymore, so. It must be that it's really hard living in a tiny house, and I guess the point that I would make is just that that had nothing to do with the house itself. Um, people break up all the time. Well, and, and I think that I think that the fact that you broke up broadens the possibility of what you can talk about with regard to relationships in a tiny house. Uh, yeah, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have uh, <laughs> the whole range of experience to know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. I was there, and I actually felt like it actually, knowing what I knew anyways, I felt like it actually granted more validity, again, to what you were saying. Because you were truly speaking from experience instead of this Pollyanna mm -hmm. sort of experience that sometimes yeah. I hear couples talk about. And I'm like, you moved in how long ago? Like three weeks yeah. ago? You're still on the honeymoon phase. And so I felt as if knowing, again, knowing what I knew about your speech at the time... Um, that it really actually gave it more validity from my perspective because it felt like it was a true reflection of the challenges and, and the advice that you were giving about relationships. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think anybody in any... Again, it's totally different, too. It's hard for me to just say... Like, that was very much true. That relationship that I was in uh, did have its challenges. Um, it obviously you know, like any relationship does. And the tiny house was one part of that. So, I mean, a lot of that is just common sense kind of relationship advice in general. And everyone's been through a breakup, so it doesn't matter whether you have in a tiny house or not. Exactly. But like what I was saying was this revolutionary thing. It was, <laughs> But um, it, it's just you have to pay extra attention to the, the communication and the way that you are around each other when you're in such a small space. Right. It's really different than everyone's experience in relationship. But I think in a lot of ways it kind of reminds me of married couples who try to start a business together. Yeah. And all of yes. a sudden they realize, holy shit, this is 24-7. Yeah. And some people can pull that off and do an extraordinary job at it, but a lot of people find it challenges their relationships in other ways. Yeah. Much like being cramped in a small tiny house together <laughs> yeah. might yeah. put might put extra focus on differences that might not otherwise be that's, easily That's changed. exactly right. I think it just focuses, it, it amplifies anything that's going on in your relationship. Yeah. So, you know, if you love spending time together um, and you love being in the same room, it's probably going to make you 
enjoy that even more and just be incredibly happy. And if you really, really value your alone time, it's gonna, sh- it's gonna put that in the forefront. You're gonna, you're gonna, all these things are gonna become very obvious when you're in such a small space and when you're spending more of your time together. So it, it's great. It's the best learning tool, really. I mean, relationship in itself is already you know, kind of makes you look at yourself and helps you learn and grow. And then relationship in a tiny house just brings that to the next level. Right. So I hear a new TV, I hear a new reality show coming. It's like you take these couples that are having problems in their marriage <laughs> Stick them in and tiny make house. them live in a tiny oh house God. for a month. <laughs> and I want to meet nothing but a big can of baked beans. We'll see how that goes. Oh, my God. Yeah. But actually, as a better segue, that's, I, I digress. As a better segue, um, I actually, you talked about the common sense approach to relationships in general. Um, I actually appreciated your answer. Also, at the time, someone had asked you about sex in the tiny house. I know this is one of the questions you get asked all the time. And I was really impressed, again, with your answer to the question was, it's really no different in a tiny <laughs> house than anywhere else. It's just a common yeah. sense approach to Well, it's true. People are like, but what if, but the, there's not a lot of room. And I'm like, I'm sure everybody's had sex in a car or somewhere where it wasn't. Like, people, you figure it out. It's, it's not like anything changes that drastically right, in a tiny house. Right, but right. It's the same kind of question you get about everything. People are like, well, how do you, like, they, they take, they think these basic living requirements are so different. Like, how do you shower and how do you use the bathroom? And, <laughs> and the shower and the toilet. People asking, you know, BA um, at some show, like, does your house, so just like, does it leak? Like, they just don't understand that it's like a normal house and you can have a normal life inside of it. And it's the right. same thing with relationships and with sex. It's like, it doesn't change. You're still the same person you were before. <laughs> we're not like these freaks that live by totally different laws of nature. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and, and I, I know that I, I presume that your ex probably gets tired of hearing about. Is she? Is by the way, is she in the tiny house movement at all still, or is she out of it now? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, she. I think she likes tiny houses, but I don't. I don't think she'd be in the movement. She's okay. not like she's not living in one, and she probably doesn't really keep tabs on. Okay, then my question, the, my question is, is a lot more tame than I thought it was going to be. So, what happened <laughs> between? What happened between you and her? Uh, well, again, it had nothing to do with the tiny house. Yeah. I think we, we, we just sort of grew apart. We were together for five years, and we just kind of had, had needed to go in slightly different directions to continue to just learn and grow. And so we just kind of moved on. It was a pretty easy transition. Um, actually, quite amazing. Uh, we did this cool thing where we had this little ceremony where we sort of broke up, and we had some friends there, and we... Aww. We sort of just parted as friends, and it was a really, like, easy kind of thing with very little pain compared to a lot of breakups. So wow. um, that was it, really. Just just like happens with normal people that don't live in tiny houses. We just sort of ended up needing something different. But, um, it, but you know, we obviously learned a lot along the way, and I, I, I'm very thankful for that relationship and what it's taught me. Right on. Oh, nothing. Mark was going to say something. I was going to be a smart ass and say, and at the end of the party, you just got in the tiny house and drove away. I'm taking my house and I'm going, going home. home. <laughs> He's so, you're so practical. I mean, I just appreciate that. No matter how many curveballs, you just react, right? Just very practically, very level-headed, very sort of logically. I appreciate that about you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, thank you. I take that as a compliment, although that, that could also be seen as... Uh, <laughs> it could go both ways. Yeah. It could go both ways. So, so, Why won't you get excited about 
I get excited about things. That's, that's not a problem. So what? What? How did you meet your current partner? Well, this is even a more fun story because it's directly tiny house related. Oh, so yes. we at the tiny house jamboree last year. Um, although we sort of met, like we we we. We were in the same room and we met, but that was basically it. We didn't, I, I was busy. We were all running, everyone was running around. There were a million people there. And so um, I hadn't met her actually until the very last night when we had some people, several of us were staying in the same hotel and we just had a little gathering in our room and uh, a friend of a friend brought her over and we didn't even speak a word to each other that night, but we were aware of each other's presence. And then at the end of the night, it wasn't even that late because we had a 3 a.m. flight. Like really, we had to leave for the airport really early the next morning. And I, we just gave each other this hug. And then I remember BA, a friend of ours, you know, pulled pulled me away, and I gave her a hug. And I'm like, wait a minute, I gotta go back to Lee. Like, so I, there's something there. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. You know, we didn't get to talk. Like, I hope we get to see each other again. And we gave each other this hug, and we were just like, whoa, whoa, something's going on. <laughs> so, and then that was it. And then I found out a few days later. I got home from the jamboree. I found out that my family, um, my friends, um, my brother, sorry, not my friends, my brother, my sister, and my brother's family, they were all going to be headed to Austin uh, to visit my grandpa. And uh, and so I'm like, oh, cool, I'll tag along. And it happened. We lived in Austin, and we got together, and the rest is history. But that was very much Tiny House related because she was wanting to She'd already gotten rid of all of her stuff and was wanting to get a tiny house of her own, and that's why she was attending the event. So we just sort of our, our worlds collided. So you guys are you guys living together now, or is she still somewhere else? We are living together. Um, did, none of this makes sense logically, but basically we we were together for like no time at all before I decided I've got to move to Austin and we're going to live together in this tiny house, and it's worked out beautifully. It's like the exact opposite experience of, you know, people, even Michelle, you know, being like never seeing how their partner, you know, could ever live in the same tiny house with us. It was just like instantly worked without any fuss. It was wow. so easy. So, so you're in Austin now. I'm in Austin now. Yep. Where? Have you found any neighbors? I know you were, you were sort of looking out on the interwebs to see if you, you could get some, uh, some people to join you. Yes. We actually have this, um, we have a, we're going to have a new neighbor in just less than two weeks. Uh, a woman by the name of Greta is going to be joining us here on the property. She's having a tiny house built. It's almost done. Wow. And so we're going to have, uh, the, the beginnings of a very small little tiny house community out here. Who's building her tiny house? Um, uh, Maximus Extreme guy. Oh, yay. Oh, really? Huh. The condom yeah. guy. Hey, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love their builds. They've huh. got some really funky stuff. They did yeah. the steampunk. They did oh, the no, steampunk. Oh, no, I know. The steampunk, know. yeah. No, the steampunk was the one that was inspired Greta, who's going to be our neighbor. She saw that, and she's like, oh, cool. Like, you like to do things that are a little outside of the box. And so, and her design's awesome. It has this staircase on the outside to this rooftop deck and like it's really a, a unique design so wow. yeah i'm really excited cool. about seeing that and and having some tiny house neighbors this is what i've always wanted so it's it's happening what's the what's the nature of the land that your tiny house is on do you own it or are you renting what's the deal um currently renting uh we the part of 
the kind of speed of me moving to Austin and and Lee and I living together is that I had to get out of Northern California before the rainy season hit because I'm I was in someone's backyard there and as soon as it rained it would get muddy and there's no way I could get the house out. Oh yeah. So I came to Austin and we had about a week to pull everything together and we canvassed a bunch of neighborhoods, put up signs, made phone calls, trying to find a place to park and last minute through a friend of a friend we found this uh, these cool two cool sisters who bought this property together um, just very recently and may develop it one day, but right now it's basically just sitting here and they'd love to make some rental income and it's big. It's like five acres. So wow. um, It's really pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really pretty. pretty. They they trenched water and power further back onto the property so there's there's potential parking spots for four houses. And so we're the first ones here and we're gonna have one neighbor soon and hopefully more this year so yeah it's, it's it's amazing we're we're in the city city of austin right inside the city limits but it feels very rural like we're out in the middle of the country it's quiet um there's there's a creek that runs through the back of the property and this wooded area and stuff it's really gorgeous nice how, how much do you pay in rent uh we pay uh everything included 500 bucks amazing and where do you get your like so this is in you said this is in downtown austin it's not downtown. It's about a 15-minute drive to get all the way into downtown. It's right on the edge of Austin, but it's within the city limit, so it's not, like, way out in the country. It's, oh, okay. it's pretty quick to just get on one of the main roads and head right into town. Okay, so your your utilities are all um, part of the city system and all that. Yeah, okay. yeah. it's not off-grid or anything like this. The property um, a, a few years ago had some sort of mobile home parked on it, so it already had water and power. Okay. On the land here, and they basically just had to have that inspected and reactivated. And so it's quite easy for us to get just the basic utilities hooked up. Very cool. Is this your first? Is this going to be your first South by Southwest experience? It's going to be my first everything Austin experience. I had I had never been here until just visiting prior to moving here. So it's uh, yeah, all the festivals. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that's going to be very cool. You know, Deke's coming down for that, right? I heard something about him. Yeah, I'm going to have to connect with Deke for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. he was in town a while ago, too, but only for a day. Or was that something? Or is that for South by Southwest? I don't remember. No, he's but. he's coming down for South by Southwest. He's one of the speakers or something. But, um, oh, he's speaking. Okay. Yes. He was invited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Austin, Austin's a pretty cool town. Austin's yeah. great. It's really fun. I'm I'm not looking forward to the summer here. To be honest, it's I get 100 degree heat every day is gonna be tough for me. But um, I never envisioned myself living in Austin, and then I met Lee, and she lives in Austin, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I was like, I I'm like, it's worth it. So, but the it's it's brutal in the summer. Even people who live who lived here their whole lives still think it's 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 tough. Yeah, you just a lot of air conditioning, which is not. I don't like that. I, I built my tiny house to spend more time outdoors, not to be inside in a air-conditioned room with, you know, artificial air. I just eh, don't like it. So that's my only complaint, yeah. really. That's it. Good it was complaint. not looking forward to the summer. But the winter has been amazing. It's been 75 degrees and sunny, like, every day. Wow. <laughs> so, I think I love the winters here more than, you know, the summers. Huh. The best way I've heard Austin described is, Austin is Portland in an oven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's, it's very much, I think they're very much sister cities. Yes. A lot of similar themes. Um, the culture is, is kind of similar. Yeah. Weather is different. Yeah. Very cool. So um, so tell us about the hub. 
The hub? You mean the collaborative? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that thing. He got that your deal. he got your name right, but he got the whole what thing. <laughs> the, the tiny hub. The thing, the thing, yeah, the widget. The, the tiny house collaborative also kind of emerged from the the jamboree last summer. Um, I had already met some of these people, but and we um, uh, BA and BA Norgard, Vina Lestato, We were we were kind of sharing a hotel room at the jamboree, and then some of our other friends who we had just met. Um, either at the tiny house conference earlier last year or had just been acquainted with online through the whole, you know, the online kind of tiny house community. Um, we all got together and just sort of instantly just sort of clicked and we're like, hmm, we're like, we're all trying to do things tiny house related. We're all trying to like offer products. We all have dabbled in workshops and speaking engagements and all these things. Like what if, and it's really hard to do all of that on your own especially when you're like really enjoy one aspect of it or but you're terrible at marketing or something else and so we're like we wanted to just combine forces and be able to give back a lot more combined knowledge and do it in a lot more efficient way with all of us helping each other so we sort of created this tiny house collaborative just to pool our resources and our skills and our knowledge and our experience with tiny houses and i think together we can really offer something that no one else can like she's teaching workshops um instead of just one like random employee of tumbleweed teaching a workshop it's seven people or at least you know two or three or four of them who have a lot of personal tiny house experience so we're really excited to be able to all do this together and it's a great group of people so we just we're really excited when we get to go to a city and hang out together, um, and then if we get to teach people about tiny houses in the process, that's just icing on the cake. Cool. So it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. I was telling, before you had announced that it that, uh, was anything official, I was telling Mark and Perry when I saw all, all all the cool tiny house kids down hanging out in Orlando, I'm like, something's <laughs> going on! Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was what like. what it is! Yeah. No, it, it was, it was, I don't know, it was cool how that happened. It's just, again, the, something about the Tiny House Jamboree, I mean, Michelle, I'm sure you know, because you were there, and the energy there, and it, just the amount of love and stuff that, that was just present at that event. There were a lot of things that sort of spun off from that. Yeah, yeah. It and was, it impacted it was... my life hugely, obviously, with this amazing new relationship and with the Tiny House Collaborative and the connections that I made with other people there. I mean, it's it was it turned out to be an incredibly important yeah. event. My life. Yeah, it was fun. We shared the stage also. Um, we got to do kind of trading MC duties, and that was a ton of fun. And it was, it was, it was like everybody joked about it. It was like Facebook come to life, right? You have these sort of cursory <laughs> relationships on Facebook, and you know who they are, and you kind of get the gist of their story, and then you meet them in person, and you find out the depth and the um, the depth yeah. and the real personalities. And it was absolutely really again. Really, really life changing. Not as much as yours, but, but, but it definitely. The cool was. thing about it is, yeah, it was like Facebook in real life. But it was, but, I mean, because all of us had sort of known about each other, we it felt really comfortable. Like I, I felt like I was already friends with everybody there. And right. and on top of that, you have so much in common just with this tiny house theme that yeah. it's really easy to connect. I mean, I don't know if I've ever been with a group of people, most of whom I never met in real life, and have it just feel instantly like family. I mean, it was an, it was an incredible experience. So, given given that experience you had, what do you what do you think the what do you think is going to happen with the tiny house movement? Um, 
I mean, obviously, it's just continuing to explode. Um, it's, it's almost it's, it's becoming really hard to keep track of. I felt like when I start when I was building my tiny house in 2013, there were like no websites that like showed the whole process and really explain how to do things and stuff and then like two years later in just totally different ball game so i can't even imagine two years from now um i think it's just going to continue to be more mainstream and the available resources out there are just going to continue to grow exponentially so i mean it's 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 it's, it's gotten so out of hand people always ask me like well how many do you think like just in austin you know how many people you think you're building tiny houses i'm like i have no idea because every day a, a new couple or you know, person decides to build a tiny house and most people are sort of under the radar. So it's really hard to get a gauge on like how big it is in any particular area until something like the Jamboree happens where everyone is in the same spot at the same time and you really get to see like how crazy it's actually become. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping it, I'm hoping it gets more mainstream so that some of the sort of permanent, some of the issues like, like actually finding a place to park and live legally uh start to get resolved yeah but at the same time it's the bigger it gets the more kind of unwieldy the whole thing is and the more room there is for people to come in and you know different or companies to sort of take advantage of of just the growing popularity i mean a lot of people are in it just for the money which is not my favorite thing to see but i think that would be true of any any kind of growing trend like this yeah, so. i think so what do you so i we talked to a um a tiny house owner Several weeks ago, I don't think her show's online yet, but we were talking about the um, lily white nature of the tiny house movement. Oh. <laughs> Who was that we were talking to? That was Jewel Pearson, Jewel Pearson. My, Miss Gypsy Soul. We were talking, and I'm going to put it a little bit more crassly. Not a lot of diversity going on. Yeah. What do you What do you think about that? Um, I don't know. I mean, there, do you think there is no diversity, or do you think we just don't see it in? I mean, I have no idea. I, I've never really thought to think about that. Like, who do tiny houses appeal to, and why it may not, my, why it may appeal more to, I don't know. That's a tough white one. people in general. I, that, I mean, that seems kind of odd to say that, but maybe that's true. Yeah, that's there's no one stopping. There's nothing stopping anyone from doing this. You know, so you'd think everyone needs affordable housing. Everyone likes flexibility in their life everybody wants to do something different that mean not everyone a lot of people want to sort of break free of that status quo so i i would expect to see more diversity and maybe we just haven't been in the right place i don't know i think one of the questions also becomes you know diversity what i mean in other words the movement's probably more than 50 percent women well so yeah. and, and that under that umbrella it, it is diverse, yeah. right? Well, that's so. true. How diverse? Yeah, you, can you be diverse in every single by every single definition of that word? Right. <laughs> Probably not. But I think it. I think there's mass appeal. So you know, inevitably, there's may, maybe it starts with one group and sort of over time becomes more mainstream. I think that's what's happening. Um, yeah, but clearly that's a good example. Women. It's all. There've always been probably more women than men. Yeah. Right. Um, and not maybe not by a lot, um, but probably a majority, a small majority. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, to me, it just seemed again, it's like a common sense solution. I don't think it appeals to really just any one group. Well, Obviously, I, there are people that are lower income people who just want a, like the most affordable way to live. 
So that's kind of its own thing. And like tiny houses as a potential way to help with homelessness, that's like one sort of end of the spectrum. And then there's people who are kind of like, don't really care how much it costs and they just think it's cool and they want one. And so, I mean, there's a whole range that whenever anyone tries to pin down the tiny house movement to a particular group or a particular motivation, it's, it's nearly impossible. Um, because I know, for example, my motivations are totally like I, my number one thing was not like live as cheap as possible. Yeah. I wanted to build like my dream house. I mean, I spent more on like really high end appliances and finishings. So I, I knew that I was, you know, I was trying to get out of the the rental market, but I certainly wasn't trying to just do like the absolute cheapest thing. But for some people, that's their motivation. Yeah. You have to be really careful about like, well, everyone has their own reason for doing this, and you need to support them in that reason, even if it's different than yours. So, right. I mean, there. I think that applies to just any any you know income bracket, any ethnic group. I think everybody is attracted by a lot of the things that a tiny house can offer. Uh, I don't see really any reason. There was a, there was an argument um, that uh, that some some groups might not be attracted to tiny houses because they're still caught in the momentum of I have to have a McMansion and a fancy car. Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's nationwide. That's that's obviously kind of what the tiny house is fighting against yeah. is that just that sort of achievement driven concept of what this is what success looks like and if I'm an American and this is the dream and I need to more you know more is better and if I don't have a big house people won't respect me and there's like there's a whole thing attached to that right so maybe certain groups are more susceptible to or or, or have a harder time breaking away from that sort of cultural norm Um, I'm not sure I haven't like studied that at all but I I do know that people from all walks of life are doing it for different reasons and I fully support that. Cool. Yeah. Well, this conversation is actually, and in, in our conversation with Jewel um, as well, was a was a spinoff of a comment that Lee had made about the tiny house jamboree. Um, you know, she stood on the stage, she looked at the crowd, and it was basically white middle class. She, shit on, she the stood stage? on the stage. <laughs> what the hell? It sounded like you said she, she shit on the stage. She stood. Oh, that's okay. different. Okay. That's different. Okay. Sorry. She stood. I heard what you heard, Mom. Sorry. Oh, he heard it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow. She Missed that. Stood on the stage and she looked out and and it, it, you know. It, no, now you got me all. <laughs> I can't even finish my sentence. I screwed up more than well, normal. Sounds the like. one thing about that, which I do find, which may have influenced it, is there were a lot of. I mean, this was Colorado Springs, which is a is a pretty white, uh, conservative kind of city. Hmm. Had that. Um, had the tiny house jamboree taken place in like New Orleans or somewhere, I mean, it would have been a totally different demographic, right? Like we, we would have seen, cause, cause even though people traveled from all over the place, the reason why there were 40,000 people at the jamboree was because a lot of local people, curious people showed up and um, just like they were seeing, but it would be very different if it took place in a different, I mean, Colorado is a very white state. Yeah. So that's part of why the jamboree looked the way it did. That's yeah. I mean, that's a good point. That's like, you know, you look at some of the pool stuff in the, the let's make the world a better place political meetings out of D.C. that happen in London right. and not in Ghana. Correct. Right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it's reflective of where you're going to hold the event. Right. Yeah, too. that's good. But she and wanted to think, make... But I do think we need to focus more. We're, we we talked about this in the Tiny House Collaborative was doing a workshop um, somewhere like um, 
somewhere else that because I mean, we do find often these cities that are considered sort of the tiny like portland and you know, blah, blah 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 even austin you know it's also there's more diversity here but i feel like it's definitely consolidated into places that are a little more white middle class and i would really like to see some of the workshops and other um tiny house events taking place in places where it hasn't been, like had as much of an influence hasn't really taken hold yet like i think they're I think that would benefit a lot of people. Well, like Detroit. Detroit like wow. Detroit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Detroit, I mean, there are, and anywhere in the South, really. We see some a few things. We see some stuff concentrated in Florida um, and, and North Carolina and maybe Texas. Yeah. But as far as most states, like in the South, there's really not a lot going on. Right. Well, Alec, we're, we're out of time, actually. And so I uh, want to thank you for being with us today. Really good conversation. Thanks for sharing your life. Of course. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Glad glad you had fun. And uh, tune in next week, listeners, for another episode of Tiny House Podcast, where we'll be interviewing... Jay Schaefer! Oh, we will, really? Yeah, because we know the order, because that's on the sheet. Fucking A. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that, Alex. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.